0: Good morning, family. I'm so glad you uh, have allowed me to come into your front room or wherever you are watching this. Sure, miss you. I, I miss our gatherings together. I, it, it. The more we're doing this, the I'm grateful for the ability to have the technology to do this while we're not able to meet together. But uh, it's the more we do this, the more I realize how important it is that the church is. It's a community and. The church functions best when we're able to function as a community and together, and even though there's wonderful things happening, I I really believe God's doing some incredible miracles, and we're seeing more people connected uh, online, and I hope that will continue when we we get back uh, to be able to meet. And so um, we are going to talk about that a little bit um, later on, and uh, this week with some more detail about. The process of that and when that's going to all happen. But today, I want to, we're, we're talking about a subject that, well, I think you'll see uh, certainly a relationship to um, what might be happening in your life. I know for Carol and I, um, you know, you, you're, when you're kind of stuck in the house and uh, there's not many places to go and things that you can do. And, uh, and so um, you, you kind of feel bound to it. Others of you are even far it's far worse and uh and I know for for many of you i've I've heard some stories of uh, parents who are just ready to you know kind of uh, do whatever they can to get a little break from their kids, but it's not happening and and uh, they love their kids, but they hit them at the same time so um you know these are just kind of the processes that people have to kind of go through um in this and uh my subject is called from the pit to the palace and i i think you know some of us feel like we're in the pit or and and one out and we're looking for the change i mean when is this going to you know and when can i get out and start doing stuff when can we hang out with each other and and not uh, worry about you know uh getting somebody sick when is that going to happen and we have kind of a short term view of of this. Well, you know, because we're just if we can get to, just get past here. Well, um, there is a biblical principle that works for that short term view, but it also um, helps us to get a broader picture. And I think a more important one, because the, the, the more important uh, picture is not, you know, what's going to happen in a couple of weeks or even a couple of months. But what's going to happen as God is developing his dream in my life? And uh, you were created for significance, not just survival. And so many of us are in a survival mode, and that's not what God wants us to be focused on. He wants us to be focused on a dream that he gives us and uh, a purpose that he has for us. And, uh, and we're going to take a look at the story of the life of Joseph as a great example and pull some things out that I believe the Lord would want us to learn uh uh, this morning in Genesis chapter 37 the scripture ta- ta- starts off talking about Jacob but then it jumps into Joseph his 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 uh, at that point his youngest son and uh, the Bible says Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers now let's get a little background here um Jacob you know his his uh in his old age, he had finally got uh, you know, a, a son that he had desired from his favorite wife. But, you know, he had uh, children, he had other sons from his wife and, uh, and concubines. And at that point, um, they had grown up, or growing up, and, his, you know, Joseph comes along, and Jacob just loves him. The Bible says that he loved him because he was the son of his old age, and uh, and it was very obvious, and it was very obvious to the other boys that um, that you know their dad had a favorite in Joseph. And so Joseph goes down, and the Scripture says here that uh, he went down and he was with his brothers, uh, and um, and the Scripture says. Now, in verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a tunic of many colors. And you've probably heard of that, his coat of many colors. That was, you know, there's been plays and movies put out about it. But it says, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably of him. So they're despising him, and not only that, they're talking about him and how much they despise him. And then Joseph has a dream, and this dream comes from God, and it, it exasperates it even worse because he has this dream that he is um, he, he he's there's this bu- these bundles of wheat, and and then there's another dream with the sun, moon, and stars, and the bundles of wheat and the sun, moon, and stars represent his brothers and uh, and and his father, and uh, and the the story is that they bow down. To him, and he doesn't have, I think, the wisdom enough to to not tell them that they're basically in the dream. They're serving him. They're bowing down to him. He tells them the dream, and they hate him even more. And and uh, so his dream, though, and and this is where it all starts. It starts with this promise that God gives. The promise is the dream, and the dream says that at some point, the brothers and and father are going to bow down to him, but it's much bigger than that, and Joseph doesn't know that. He interprets it. He sees it as someday he's going to be the head of the household, which is pretty, you know, that, that that's something in that household, that he would be the head of the household, and the others would see him as the leader of the household, especially because he was the youngest, not because because the oldest is usually the one with that that blessing, and uh, but he sees it in this dream. But like uh, all of us, like like many of us, I should say, our dreams look different at the end than they do from the, at the beginning. Sometimes when we start off, we have a dream and we we see these things, and and this dream that he had it was going to be completely different at the end. It wasn't just about his brothers bowing down, and they would, but it would be under different circumstances because he was not going to be the head of the household. He's going to be the head of a nation. And he doesn't see the significance of all this, but that's because he has a dream, but God has a bigger dream. And God's dreams are always bigger than our dreams. And many times, especially if they're, Self-generated fantasies. I remember growing up. I had this dream. I was going to be a pro baseball player, and I wanted to play baseball from little league on. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and I played. And about the time I got out of college, I, I played a little bit of semi-pro baseball, and and uh, and I saw my dreams just kind of fade away, and and realized that those those were fantasies. They weren't really a dream, and so what what ended up happening is is uh god put me in a situation here a few years ago where um i had been invited to go to a baseball fantasy camp have played ball all that time until i, I you know hit about i think it was 53 54 um played ball and uh and that was last year no i'm just kidding but um but but I got to go to this family, and they made me uh, the chaplain, and I got to go several years in a row and hang out with these professional baseball players, all these guys that have retired. Many of them had even been in Hall of Famers. I mean, it was a, a real significant and, and important uh, uh, opportunity for me, not so much I played with them, but mostly to minister to them. And what I discovered all after doing that for a while, um, what miserable lives many of them had. Um, I was I was surprised because they were a lot of them were guys I looked up to when I was younger and uh, some were older some were my age, but they were retired. Most of them were alcoholics. Their their families were uh, decimated. Um, they were living all almost all of them except for the Christians. There were believers in that group, but but almost all of them were living in their past. Everything was about when they played ball, and no matter how many years that was ago, they were lost in that. Their life was there. I know that doesn't happen to everybody, but it sure happened to a lot of them. And I was, I, I, I was so saddened, uh, But though it was a great opportunity. I got to minister to quite a few of them in that season of time when I was able to do that. But, but our promises, you know, uh, the promises that God gives us or the dreams that God give us, gives us, um, even when they're God-given, they usually end up looking different at the end than we saw them. In ourselves, and and so for for Joseph, he has this dream. He has this promise, um, but he God was going to give him something else than what he sought to be, and he was going to go through this pathway. He, he he's going to go through the pit, Potiphar, and prison. I'm just putting all the p's there, but um, he's going through the pit, Potiphar, and and prison before he gets to the palace. And in Genesis 37, it says that it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic um, and the tunic of many colors um, that was on him, and then they took him and cast him into the pit. Now, life is going to change drastically for him. And at this point, he's not sure he's going to live. He's in the pit. I'm sure he's. Very fearful, they actually are, were planning on killing him, and changed it up and thought, "Well, let's make some money on the deal and sell him, sell him off uh, to someone in slavery." But the pit was, in fact, the pathway to the palace. If he never went in the pit, he would have never got to the palace. And it took it took this this process to get him to the place. There was no other way that he would have gotten to the place of being the man in charge of a nation, the man in the palace, if he had never got to the pit. But the pit is usually a temptation to fear. He's in the pit. He doesn't know if he's going to live. And this is this time of great fear that would have come over him unless he did one thing, and that was hold on to the dream. See, God had given him a dream of what was going to happen in the future, and if he didn't know the future, through the eyes of God, he would, he would, in fact, have given in to the fear that he was going to be destroyed, he was going to die. So I don't know where that balance, the scripture doesn't tell us what was going on through his, his mind at that time, but I can tell you this, when you're faced with, with you know, tragedy or difficulties or uh, a, a not so pleasant future, if you don't hold on to your dream, you'll, you'll submit to the fear in your life. God has a dream for you. God has significance. He has purpose in your life. And you have to hold on to that, even if you don't know the details of that. And that God wants us to focus on what he's doing more than focus on the negative potential of what the future might hold. And for Joseph, at this point, it is the pit is actually uh, just a holding place for death. But then it changes. And so when you're in the pit, Can I just say this? It's time to dream. When you're in the pit, it's time to dream. It's time for you to dream. God has something good for you, and God has a plan for your life, and don't give that up. In Genesis 37, 36, it says, Now the Midianites had sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and a captain of the guard. So Potiphar's a significant guy. He's a wealthy guy, um, and they sell, sell him to Potiphar. And so he now he's now in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's house can be a dream killer, right? He's a slave, and uh, but he's living in a. It, it, it turns out that. God blesses him and as he's a slave there he uh Potiphar basically turns over his house to him. You know, and and Joseph is now the guy he's he's running Potiphar's house, his his estate, whatever that is and and uh, I'm sure Potiphar probably had other slaves in the household and he's the head guy. In fact, the scripture says Potiphar doesn't even know anything that's going on in his household except for what he's eating. He basically has turned it all over to Joseph. Joseph is running his finances. Joseph is running everything. Actually, Joseph's got a pretty cushy, you know, setup right now. Now, but it's not the dream. And this is the temptation. You can reduce your dream to your present circumstances or hold on to God. Because the dream that God has is different then that, and even when that present circumstance looks good, you can you can reduce it to whatever state it is in your life, and you can say this is the dream, this is what I expect, this is as far as I go. Or you can hold on to the significant plans of God for your life, and Joseph could have, in fact, just given in to that. And if he would have given into it, the next thing that happened would have been devastating to him. Because the scripture says, it came to pass, in verse 7 of Genesis 39, it came to pass, that after these things, that his master's wife cast long eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. So she's trying to seduce him. and uh, But the scripture says, but he refused, and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what it is with with.'" Uh, with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand and there is no one greater in this house than I nor has he kept back anything from me but you everything he's given to me because you are his wife he said he says now how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god if you look at that that last phrase it tells you where his heart was he doesn't say, and sin against my master, which would have been that too. But but the focus for Joseph was on his relationship with God. He says, how could I do this and sin against God? See, he was still holding on to the dream that God had given him. See, dreams demand, God's dream demands integrity. And one of the, the short Circuiting of the dreams of God. One of the things that hinder us and and uh, and slow down the process of us getting to where God wants us to go is when we settle into where we are. This is my life. This is the way it is. I'm not looking at God's dream. This is I've reduced the dream to this present situation in my life. And if that present situation is not pleasant. And and temptation comes along, and you're settling in. Maybe then. You give in to the temptation because, listen, this is where I'm living. And for him, at this point, he was in a dilemma. If he refuses her and she then does what she actually did do, he's cast into prison. And if he submits to it, he, he uh, obviously had gone against God's, God and sin, and that could cast him into prison or doubt. Him. So Joseph had to go against his natural earthly desires and submit to God's will. And that's what he did in this season because he held on to the dream. When, when you're being drawn away in Potiphar's house, it's time to revisit your dream. It's time to revisit your dream, God's dream, at that point. Temptation comes. We'll all face it. It's, it's, it's common to everyone. We face temptation, and it gets greater when we settle in, and this is my life, and we forget about the dreams of God and the significant purposes of God in our life. And you say, well, I don't even know what that is. Even if you don't know what it is, I can tell you this, God has made a promise. He has good plans. And, and so the, dra- the plans always involve, always involve, you know, walking with, in relationship with a holy God and making decisions that honor him in our life wherever we are in our life. Genesis 39 20 says then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the prison. Now he's in prison so he goes from the pit to Potiphar's to the prison and he he doesn't deserve to be there. I mean he's there because he did the right thing. You ever feel like you know, Lord, I've done all that I think I'm supposed to do, and why am I here? Why am I in this situation? This is, this, this, I shouldn't be here. And this is a, a place where people get embittered in their life oftentimes because they've come and they they feel like they're doing everything that God wants them to do, and then there seems like, well, I'm in prison. I'm I'm in this place that I don't deserve to be there. In fact, Joseph even says that when later on, when he talks to a, a couple of the the guys in prison, and and uh, and asks them to to you know stand for him, um, before before Pharaoh, when they go back to Pharaoh's house, because he's actually in this prison, that is um, the prison that Pharaoh puts all of his prisoners in. So he's meeting people that know Pharaoh that in fact would come back and go back to Pharaoh's house. So. But he's saying, tell them, I, I'm, I'm here, and I didn't do anything wrong. Well, that's kind of the message that all prisoners say, but isn't it right here? And he says, and, uh, and so, but God does something. And in chapter 39 there in verse 23, it says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Now this does the same thing. What happened in Potiphar's uh, house is now happening in the prison. God is blessing him. He's doing the things. He's honoring. Look at the way he honors the people who are over him. In spite of the fact he doesn't, he's not operating in bitterness and anger. He's not living in his, you know, out his frustrations. He's not taking it out on other people. He sees that God. Ha- he believes that God has this bigger picture because he has this dream that he's never going to forget that God gave him, that God has purpose for him, that God has a plan. Even though he don't, doesn't know all of that, he he might still be thinking that that plan is just to be the head of his household, and somehow he's going to get back to his home and he's going to be the head. But God has this bigger plan. And so as he's submitting to God's plan, even in prison, the place in which, you know, you, you go, am I ever going to be free? And while Joseph was waiting for his dream, he was helping others, and if you know the story, there's a few couple of guys. There's the the, the butler and and the cook, the chief cook, that come to. Um, they find Joseph. Uh, they have a dream, and they come to Joseph, and Joseph interprets the dream and tells them in three days, one of them is going to stand before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh is going to forgive him. He's going to be great. The other one is the Pharaoh is going to going to take off his head. Because he was able to interpret dreams. And he said to them, God is able to interpret dreams. How does he know? His relationship with God is growing in prison. See? And what he's doing in prison is he's ministering to others. They're coming to him because they know who he is, and he's a man of God. What if the greatest thing that God is going to do in your life? is what he will do for others through your life what if that's the greatest thing maybe it's not you know you'll be a professional baseball player right in my in my case i was never good enough but but what if what if what god wants to do in your life what what if the biggest thing is what he wants to do through your life in serving others and what Joseph is learning in this prison experience is he's learning to serve and he's learning to lead. See, he's, he's, he's got a lot of, he's growing. See, maybe God has let your dream die because he has something better. Not that your dream was bad but maybe he's letting it die because he has something better. When you're in prison, the prison of life, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream. So Pharaoh Pharaoh has a, dr- a dream now. And, um, and Pharaoh's dream bothers him. And he has a dream of seven cows and uh, fat cows and seven lean cows and seven um, uh, um of wheat and uh and that are nice and healthy and seven that are not and the the heads of wheat that are healthy are eaten by the 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 non-healthy ones the skinny cow eats the uh, eats the uh the fat cows and he's bothered by it and he and news gets out, he asks for the people, the soothsayers and so forth, to interpret the dream. Nobody can. But, um, but the man that Joseph interpreted the dream in prison for and lived tells Pharaoh there's this guy in prison. And Joseph calls upon him, and if you know this story, it's an amazing one, how Joseph interprets the dream and says there's going to be seven great years. You know abundance and then there's going to be seven years of, of that you're going to have famine in the land and so much so the famine is going to eat up the all that is from the, the abundant years and uh, he gives Pharaoh advice as he asks him and and Pharaoh says who's who's going to do this project except for you <laughs> and now He's not in prison anymore he's in the palace and the dream is coming to pass eventually his brothers will come because he'll he'll be the one most of, uh, that is able to keep his family alive and feed them because God placed them in this place in fact he doesn't really tell them that it's him he acts as if he's he's not part of the family until they all come and bow down and then he weeps because he sees the vision coming to pass. I want you to think about in the palace how he got there and why he went to the pit, Potiphar's house, and the prison. He was in the pit. He learned that God will protect him. In the pit, he learned that he's not going to die even though they were going to kill him. When he was in Potiphar's house, he learned to manage finances and and breast temptation and he resisted temptation at that at that point because he he had his dream he kept his dream he learned how to manage things because he's going to manage a nation when he's in prison he learned to manage people he was over all of the people there and serve others and hear from God he was able to do that God, He brought Joseph from a 17-year-old to a 30-year-old. That's the time frame. From a 17-year-old to a 30-year-old. And in that time frame, he taught him what he needed to learn so that he could rule a nation. Now we might not have such big dreams, right? God might not be planning for us to rule a nation. In fact, most of us, they would be small in comparison to size, but not in comparison to what God has in his heart for us. It's just as big. Joseph thought his dream for was for, for glory, but it was for servanthood. That was the whole plan. Joseph wouldn't have made a good servant at 17, but he makes a great one at 30. Because God was in this process of changing him and and transforming him and you and i are in a process i don't care how old you are and it's never too late there's always a dream ahead for us it's never too late you know some of the greatest men in in scripture got started after they were 80 all right so let let's not put a time frame on that but this is what we do need to do don't waste your time keep growing. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Keep growing. Keep moving forward. Keep growing. It's time to remember the dream. It's time to move forward. It's time to you know put your efforts. I We were walking the neighborhood the other day. In fact, it was actually yesterday. We were walking the neighborhood and we saw uh, this couple we not never seen before in our neighborhood you know you people drive in and get into their their garage and then they you know disappear and you never see them and they were outside and they had all this stuff out of their garage and they were cleaning up their garage and and the lady was saying uh she we were in conversation she says i finally got him to clean the garage you know and, uh, and I said, I understand. Everybody's kind of cleaning up their houses and, you know, and doing stuff. They're kind of fiddling because there's a lot of extra time, and they don't know what to do with themselves. But I tell you, this is a good time. This is a good time for, to pursue God. This is a good time to open up the scriptures and say, God, make me, grow me, mature me. I might feel like I'm in a prison. I'm going to tell you, God's in process for you. He's taking you through a process for the next step in that which he wants to produce in you. Don't waste this time. Take advantage of it. Let God grow you in this season. If you feel like you're in prison, well, embrace, embrace the dream while you're in prison. Look for opportunities to serve others. I was my wife Carol. You know she's such a social butterfly, but she's more than that. She loves to minister to people. And at the end of the day, the other day, she was just exhausted. I said, I said to her, "What? What? You, you look so tired." She said, "I prayed with so many people today. Just all these people. You know what? Um, if without this, that probably wouldn't happen. Because you don't call people all day long because you know you don't want to bother them. A lot of people are at work and so forth." But when you know everybody's at home and they're just sitting around fiddling their thumbs or trying to do something, you call and they're ready to answer. And almost everybody has something that they need prayer for. We can minister, we can serve others if we'll focus at this season and go, you know, Lord, you have something to use me, use me, use me, use me. I, I want to fulfill your dream. I want to make your dream my dream. Well, Father, I I ask, Lord, that you would help us um, to get this bigger picture. Uh, We're we're all looking forward to get past this season. And uh, and there's certainly (laughs) – we want to survive, but, Lord – you have more than just survival. You have significance for us. And I pray that we won't just get in survival mode, that we'll live out the significance that you have for us in this moment, in this time. And that we'll have a bigger picture than just getting past this momentary season. Lord, And just help us to have that bigger picture of what you're doing in our life. And that this moment, this moment has purpose. And, Lord, like Joseph, Lord, as a slave, as in the pit, and, and certainly in prison, Lord, there is preparation. And so, Lord, as we're going through those times in our life, that, Lord, help us to be growing into what you desire for us. And I pray, Lord, for anyone here that is far from you. Listen, if you are distant from God, let me tell you, you need Jesus. And in uh, the pit and the slavery and the, and, and the prison is different for a person who knows God than a person who doesn't. And if you know God right now, you have the comfort and the confidence of his salvation and his forgiveness. And if you have not given your heart to him, this is the moment to do that. I invite you to say yes to Jesus. I invite you to put your faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for your sins. And as we celebrated last week, Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. And if you have not given your life to Christ, do that right now. I invite you to do that. Say yes to Jesus. Say, Father, I ask you to touch my life, and I invite Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to invade my life. And help me to follow you and serve you. I ask you to cleanse my soul. And Lord, help me to, Lord, be the person that you want me to be and to follow after your heart. I pray in Jesus' name. And listen, if you prayed that, would you let us know? Um, you can go to our website, in fact, at ccanaheim.com. And you can, um, there's, there's uh, some teaching there that will help you. But you can also email us and tell us that you did that, and we'll, we'll send uh, things to you. We have some uh, a Bible and some things that will help you get started in your walk with God. We want to connect with you if you'd let us do that. I ask you to do that. I, I do want to make mention before we finish and close in worship, um, I do want to make mention of this. This week, I'm going to be sending out a message um, that um, you'll be able to go on the website um, on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to be um, talking on Wednesday night. I'm going to be uh, talking about this process of what when we're coming back. There's talk right now the president and the, the governor have been talking about, and there's there's confusion in that. I want to make sure there's clarity for us in how we're going to do that. I want you to know how we're going to be able to get together. Um, I'm going to talk about the safety position. Uh, uh, process what we're going to do to keep things safe before we open the doors. And when we reopen those doors, um, we're going to take a look at the the biblical mandate and the safety concerns uh, for our congregation. And I'll give you all that when we go uh, on Wednesday night. You can go uh, and and watch us live on Wednesday night um, to any any of our um, our platforms that you're already watching. So um, want to encourage you to do that. And we're going to give you that wrote critical information before and then we're still going to do our bible study so um god bless and uh, let's let's lift our hearts in worship right now
1: blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest friend but only trust in Jesus name. sing that again Dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Christ of God corner stone we and strong in the same
2: Can we just do that one more time with our voices? Christ.